0: Do that, so thank you guys. Uh, just one other thing I want to mention, uh, starting, so I know it's only the 19th of December, but going into the next year, into the new year, there's ton of two things that are happening kind of right out of the gate. Uh, the first one is, and we don't have a slide for this, so uh, you won't see it behind me, but January 2nd, we're going to be starting or kind of opening the year of prayer and fasting some people you know, do a Daniel fast, some people do it uh, just a fast different things. I'll talk more about that as we get close, but I just want you to be aware that we're starting January 2nd. In the past, we've kind of waited a week to get started. I never totally understood that. I was like, if we're going to start the year with prayer, then why would we wait till the 8th or the ninth to start it? Let's just start it. It's the first Sunday that we can, and so it happens to be on the 2nd, so that'll be happening right away uh, in the new year, and you'll, you'll hear more about that as it comes. And then we also have... Our Bible reading plan, uh, that will be made available next week, next Sunday. You can begin to pick that up. And what I like about this Bible reading plan is, one, we're doing a series on the Word of God. So trying to get people excited and reinvigorated with the Word of God. But the beauty of this one is, is you have a bunch of options with it. You can read just the New Testament through in the year. You can read just on the weekends and do the Psalms and the Proverbs, you know, because maybe you're doing a devotional that you really like, or you can read the New Testament, or you can do all of it, and you can read the whole Bible in a year. So I love this plan because it gives you, you know, three or four different options to be able to go do. It has a nice little checkbox, so you can check off uh, that you've done it for those who love uh, love the checkbox. So we're going to pray over our tithes and over our offerings today. I have a scripture out of Matthew chapter 2. Starting in verse 11, I'm just gearing everything towards Jesus, amen? The birth of Jesus, just what a beautiful, 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 glorious, amazing, miraculous event uh, that changes history. And it says this, Let's talk talking about the wise men. When they had come into the house, they saw the young child with Mary, his mother, and fell down and worshipped him. They saw... And they could do nothing else but fall down and worship him. The anointing that was on that baby and the, the understanding that they had, in the presence of the Holy Spirit was so strong. Three wise men, and I guess there was a, probably a bunch of them that were with them. If you read the history about it, it was probably 70 people that were traveling in the caravan. But when they, when they went in and they saw Jesus, the only thing they could do was fall down. And worship him. And the very next thing they do, it says, And, when they, had op- and then, when they had opened their treasures, they presented gifts to him, gold, frankincense, and myrrh. And what a beautiful picture of our offering. That is our offering, is it not? Is we first fall down and worship him. And out of that falling down, out of that worship and adoration of him, we say, here, have it all. Take our tithes, take our offerings, take my relationships, take everything that I have. It's yours. And they gave it to him. And let's do that this morning. Let's give him everything this morning. Amen. Heavenly Father, we just come to you. Lord, we thank you for every gift, every giver, Lord. Father, we thank you, Lord, that you are blessing and anointing and multiplying every gift given today, Lord. Father, I thank you that every need is met in everyone's household, Lord. I thank you that you're giving wisdom and discernment, Lord. And Father, all you ask is that we fall down, Lord. We just worship you. We honor you. We glorify you, Lord, and you will take care of everything that concerns us is your promise. And so, Lord, as we get into your word today, Lord, I just pray that you would just open our ears to hear, open our eyes to see what you have in store for us today. In Jesus' name, amen? Amen. All right, open your Bibles to Proverbs 4. We're going to jump around a little bit uh, here this morning. Uh, But if you want to get to Proverbs 4, and I'll just give a brief introduction uh, as to what we're doing here. We're in a series called The Word Became Flesh, and we're talking about the Word and all of the different um, kind of the, not the acronyms, but a sort of, of what the Word is talked about in the Bible as a seed, which was two weeks ago. And then we talked last week about how it is a mirror for us. And we gave some handouts. If you weren't here last week, I believe there's some handouts in the back that I think are important for each of you to have and read through, talking about the mirror of God. What what do we look like to him? What is that mirror? What does the scripture say about us? And then today, this morning, we're going to talk about the word as a sword. The word as a sword. And a lot of you know that verse Uh, And I'm going to kind of talk through what that means. And really the goal of this series is to get you fired up and excited about the Word of God. That's what I want. Coming out of this, if you are even just this much more excited about the Word of God and what it means in your life and a desire to read it, it's been a success. If you're even this much, it's even more, right? Whatever it is, my goal, my heart is, is that you, your passion will increase for the Word of God. Proverbs 4, verse 20 says this. This is kind of our key scripture verse. It says, my son, give attention to my words. Attention to my words. We must give attention to the word of God. You can't hope for it, wish it, sleep on it, put it under your pillow. I mean, you could. Might as well. I know God works, right? Amen. He'll work through it. But I'm saying it says give attention. That's actually giving it attention. You're putting it somewhere proactively. You're printing them out. You're putting them in front of you. You're putting them on your mirrors. You're putting them by your light switches. You're putting them in your cars. Brother Paul has them in like on his drop down visor. You say, well, that's Brother Paul. Have you heard Brother Paul's testimony and what the Word of God has done in his life? Absolutely, and it's because of his the Word, the Word, the Word, the Word. God works through His Word. It says, give attention to my words. Incline your ear to my sayings. Don't let them depart from your eyes. Keep them in the midst of your heart. Your eyes, your ears, your heart. Isn't that what we hear? That's kind of how we, uh, uh, we get information, is it not? That's how we get input into us, through our eyes, through our ears, and it settles down in our heart. And the question I have for us this morning, all of us, including myself, is what are we giving attention to? Do a little inventory right now, while, as I'm talking. Do a little inventory of your life. What are you giving attention to? Are you giving attention to your family? I mean, good things. Family, your marriage, your relationship, your job, good things. You should give attention to that. But are you giving attention to the Word of God? Are you making it a priority in your life? If not, you need to. And it's going to look different for each person. I'm going to go through, I don't know if I'll do it right in the beginning of January or towards the end of this year, but I'm going to just do a a real practical message about different ways you can study the Bible. Different tools that are available. The Bible app, which is actually fantastic. I don't know why I would say, like, it sounds like I'm surprised by it. But the Bible app has a lot of really incredible devotional type things and studies that you can do. And it just can really bless your heart. So there's so many, the world has so many options out there that we have to say no to from an attention perspective. We have to get ourselves looking and paying attention with our eyes, our ears, and our heart the word of God. And why do we want to do that? Verse 22, it says, For they are life to those who find them. Ah, the word is life to those who find it. You have To find it with your eyes, with your ears, with your heart. You're looking for it, but when you look for it, you will find it. Seek me, says the Lord, and you will find me. Knock and I will open the door, is what he says. So we have to give it that our, our attention life to those who find them, and health to all their flesh. Brother Paul, any health to your flesh coming from the word of God? Amen, Amen. absolutely. Keep your heart with all diligence, for out, of the, for out of it spring the issues of life. So not only do we have to read it, do we have to hear it, do we have to let it settle in our heart, but then we have to actively keep it there. Because what does the enemy come to do? To steal, to then kill and destroy The stealing part is he is trying to steal the word of God from your life. You place it in your heart, he is trying to get it out of there. He is trying to bring situations and circumstances and lies and thoughts and all this stuff to try to steal that word from your heart. So we have to keep it there with all diligence. We have to fight that battle for out of it springs the issues of life. Look, there's no perfect formula for it. But I know that the Holy Spirit knows exactly the plans and purposes He has for you in the Word. And so seek Him on that. Seek Him on that. So we're going to talk this morning about the Word as a sword. Let me briefly, let me briefly say this before we get into that. The Bible says, My people are destroyed for lack of knowledge. Is that not a heavy scripture, a heavy statement there? It's out of Hosea 4.6. I don't have it up this morning. It says, my people are destroyed for lack of knowledge. Which means our goal, what we want to do is gain knowledge. How do we gain knowledge? Through the Holy Spirit, by the reading and the inspiration of the scriptures, by listening to messages. That's how we build our faith. Not only do we build our faith that way, faith comes by hearing and hear the wording of God. It also begins to bring us knowledge and avoids destruction. Yikes. Sounds like a pretty important thing to me. So here's what we're going to do. I'm going to do the word as a sword. Can I have my little... Oh, yeah. I brought my sword today. Anybody bring your sword today? Raise your sword up. Come on, church. Raise your sword up. You got your sword so You guys know where I'm going with this. But we're going to talk this morning about the word of God as a sword. And as I was preparing for this, I don't always do this. Sometimes I'm just like, eh, do I really want to do this? But I do have an acronym for the word SWORD. Maybe we'll have like, you know, Ackerman's Acronyms. Oh, that's bad. Oh, that's, I I don't know if I like that. I'm not sure. We're going to take that one to the Holy Spirit with prayer before we start anything like that. But I have an acronym this morning for the word SWORD. And interestingly enough, before I get even into it, Think of the word sword just for a minute. What's in that word? The word. The word is in the word sword. Come on, church. It's almost like the Lord's just saying, yes, this is your tool. This is something you can use that you can fight your battles with. That you And I want to talk about all the different ways that we can use the sword, the word of God in our lives as we walk through each and every day. And interestingly about with each of these, There's an action we have to do on our part. Yeah? A sword is no good if it's just sitting right here. It may protect me from one swing of somebody else's sword that happened to be coming down at my leg at the appropriate moment that I turn and it hears, oh, oh," all of a sudden it's like, oh, that was a great defense mechanism. But the sword here does us no good. But the sword here is what allows us to fight our battles. The sword facing forward, and when we're wielding this sword, when we're using the sword, is where it becomes effective in our life. So the first one, the S, is to stand on the word. To stand on the word. You are saying, what are you talking about, stand on the word? Well, have you ever, have anybody seen fight movies or battle movies, gladiator type movies, right? You all seen them. Not, I mean, guys, girls, we've all seen these things. And here's what I've always noticed. Is at some point during this movie, they take their sword and they slam it into the ground. And the sword just kind of sits in and kind of rattles a little bit. And what I, the picture that I got that I want to share with you is that when we stand with the word, the word actually plants us In a firm foundation and no matter the storm that's happening no matter the wind that is blowing no matter what is happening around us when we hold firm onto that sword when we hold it tight no matter what happens that word is planted in the ground and it is there for us to hold on to and here's what I notice you picture when you're sitting here or you're kneeling down with the sword what does it also help you do helps you pray It helps you get in front of the Lord on bended knee. And then it also helps you what? Stand. It is the thing you lean on to stand up. I don't know about you, but I'm at a point in my life where more and more I need something to hold on to to stand up. Come on, church. And don't we all, no matter the age, no matter how young, maybe you could just jump up real quick in your own physical strength, but every single one of us needs the word of God to stand up and to be firm in every circumstance, in every situation. Matthew seven twenty four says this. It says, Therefore, whoever hears these sayings of mine and does them, I will liken him to a wise man who built his house on the rock. When we build our house, when we build our foundation, when we build who God is in our life, we begin to understand that as we plant the seeds, as we see the mirror of God and who we are, it is beginning to plant that word firmly in the ground into the rock, who is Jesus himself, that no matter what happens and occurs in our life, we have a firm foundation. To stand, to hold steady, and to stand up when it's time. It says this, and when the rains descended, how many know that rains descend? How many know that floods will come? And that the winds will blow? And they what? They beat on the house. They didn't just sprinkle the house. I mean, this is a huff and puff and try to blow your house down is the world we live in. There's cares, there's concerns, there's worries, there's challenges. All these things it says, and the wind's blew, and it beat on the house. And what? It did not fall. For why? Because it was founded on the rock. The word of God planted in the ground. Planted in the ground that no matter what comes at you, you are holding. We talk about planting the flag and holding. It's like you're planting. And no matter what those winds, I mean, I feel like I can't do it. You know, I can't get up sideways. But you understand what I'm saying? Like, No matter how hard the winds might be blowing, when you are holding on to the word of God, you are holding on to the one firm foundation that will see you through that entire situation. So the W. How do we use this sword? If we're standing on the word W, we wield We wield power with the word. Everyone likes that one. Yeah? We are now wielding the sword, which means we're actively using it to do something. And what are we actively using to do it with? Ephesians 6 verse 17 says this. Now, in context of this, it's talking about, interestingly enough, it's talking about being strong in the Lord and the power of his might. It's talking about putting on the whole armor of God. Why? So that you may be able to, what, stand against the enemy's schemes. And it says that we don't fight against flesh and blood. This battle, you're not wielding this sword against flesh and blood. You are not taking the word of God in the Bible to cut other people down. That is not the purpose of it. That's not how it's intended to be used. And it talks about putting on that whole armor of God. It says, says, therefore, take up the whole armor, all of it, the helmet of salvation, the shoes of peace, the belt of truth, the shield of faith, all of it. verse 17 says this, and then take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God. The sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God, which means these words, this word right here is a proactive sword that we can use to fight our battles. Church, come on. This is us to get excited about being in the Word of God because every situation that you have, every circumstance that you're faced with in here has the answer. Not on YouTube, not a TED Talk, not on... Certainly not on TikTok. (laughs) That's a fact. Who said that? I like that. The word of God is where the truth is. And when we know the truth, the truth does what? It sets us free. YouTube does not set you free. Facebook does not set you free. In fact, if anything, it may actually bring bondage in a lot of cases. These things don't, the world has nothing to offer us that sets us free. Nothing. But God has offered us his word, his truth, his life. And this is what sets us free. So we take the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. And interestingly, as I was thinking about battle scenes that I've seen in the past, not that I've ever been in a sword battle, an actual one, but we're all in a sword battle in a spiritual sense, every single day. Can we recognize that? We are in a battle every single day. And don't wake up thinking that, you know, today's going to be a battle-free day. The enemy is always looking to steal something from us. And yeah, there are better days and tougher days and more challenging days, but every day is a battle that we are fighting with. What I've noticed is that the word, if it's the sword, yes, it's used to attack. But if you ever watch battles, it's actually also used to protect. Is it not? When you think of an actual battle or fencing or something happening, is yeah, you're using it to attack, and yeah, you have your shield of faith. But what is the shield of faith actually there to protect you from? The fiery darts. Who in hand to hand combat is shooting fiery darts? It's ridiculous. Nobody. I mean, if you're standing trying to fight someone, you're trying to pull out fiery darts and they're right in front of you, that's not going to happen. So the shield of faith is a portion of your, weapon, your weaponry and your armor, but the sword is also used to fight, but it's also used to protect, is it not? And so when you speak scriptures over your household, when you place them over your doorposts, it is actually physical protection in the natural realm because of what it's doing in the spirit. Church, come on. Think about that. The word of God, yes, we and we know how to use it. I mean, well, maybe we don't, but we should. We need to learn how to use it on the attack mode as well. If you have a situation, then find the scripture that applies to that situation and begin to say it, begin to say it, and begin to say it. Not in vain repetition that we talked about earlier, but beginning to believe, absolutely believe in faith that he is who he says he is. That he'll do what he says he will do, and that this is the truth. And if this is the truth, then this word, when I speak it, has power. We were at that conference uh, a couple weeks back, at the One Focus conference, and Pastor Dan Backen says, God said it, and I repeat it. God said it, I repeat it. Come on, church. God said it, and I repeat it. And when you use the word of God, it actually goes out as a physical, in the spiritual realm, as a weapon that goes out and begins to fight those battles for you. Come on, this is amazing. I love that it also protects us from those attacks. And I would encourage you, whatever situation you're faced with today, whatever it is, to get in the word of God, find the scripture and the promise that applies to it, and write it down. And write it down and put it somewhere else and memorize it and use it. It can just be one scripture. I would rather have you know the depths of one scripture and have it impact your life than to read the whole Bible and have it just not penetrate into your heart. That that is vain repetition. Like, well, I'm not reading the same scripture. Yeah, but you're doing it and it's not actually getting into your heart. There's value to reading the word of God, but there's value at getting it, getting a hold of it, knowing the promise that is behind it, which is God himself, and then applying it into your life and applying it into the situation. I'd rather have you know one and stand on that verse and fight those battles and win those victories. Here's what I've learned, church. I'm still learning. I will still learn to the day the Lord either returns or I go home to be with him that we will throughout our lifetime lose a battle. Or two. Or three. Or four or five. But let us never be discouraged to get back up and to pull out the sword and begin to fight again. Because as I read in the word, we win the war. The end of the book says we win. The end of the book says we have the ultimate victor because of him and who he is, Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. We ultimately win. So yeah, we all have lost a battle or two in our life. We've all didn't pull the word out and use it as our sword. Okay, well get back up. Come on, church. Get out the word of God for whatever situation you're in right now and begin to use it. I know for a fact we will all lose some battles, but we will. We will. We will. We will win the war. Okay, the O. The O. This is thanks to Max. Max, brother? Max, this is for you, bro. This one's for you. So, a few weeks back, we ordained, ordained, O, oh, ordained Pastor Andy as our el- one of our elders and our associate pastor, and we had oil up here. And we're anointing him with oil, right? We're praying over him. We're speaking over him. And Max comes. I don't know if Ruthie's talked to you or maybe he even asked me. He's just like, why didn't you guys use a sword to ordain him into his position? I'm just like, I don't know. That's a really, because you see, right? You see when they use a sword. To ordain somebody or, you know, some kind of lordship or something in England or whatever. We know who our Lord is. Right? But this is, it's actually something people use. And the Bible actually confirms that. Look at this. Go to 2 Timothy 3. So the O is to ordain with the word. We can actually ordain things with the word. And think about it, you know, both shoulders, right? Both sides, not off with the head, you know, just gently on the shoulders. This is double, double-edged sword. It is sharp, you know, so, well, maybe not this one, right? But this one is, amen? Second Timothy 3.16, it says, look, all Scripture, all of it, from the front to the back, from the beginning of Genesis to the end of Revelation, all Scripture is given by inspiration of God, inspired Word of God. Not made up by man. Not a great book. But inspired by the word of God. What is it? It's profitable for doctrine. Who God is. Theology. For reproof. Correction. For instruction in righteousness. That the man of God may be complete... Thoroughly equipped for every good work. Which means that the Bible, as we read it, as we get into it, we are actually ordaining ourselves through reading the Word of God to be equipped for the very work that God has for us. Do you see that? This Word that is in front of us, the Scripture, it's breathed by God. For doctrine, reproof, correction, and righteousness, so that the man, the woman, everyone sitting here, may be complete. This is used for completion. The word of God is used for completion. Thoroughly what equipped for every good work. So the word of God as an ordaining tool in our lives, we can use it. That doesn't mean we're fighting another battle. Doesn't mean we're in a storm that we're fighting, but what we're doing is we are reading the word of God for this edification on the inside to literally equip us for the work that we have to go do. You say, well, the Bible says that he's given, you know, the five-fold ministry to equip the saints to do the work of the ministry. He has, but he's also given you the word of God. Not everybody around the world has access to fivefold ministry day in and day out. And there will be a time where we don't always have access to fivefold ministry day in and day out. But you will have access to this. You say, well, what if they took my Bible, they turned off my internet, I have no phone anymore. Where is that word supposed to be? Come on, where is the word going to be? They cannot take it from you from here. They cannot take it. No government can take it. No enemy can take it when it's planted in us. Okay, R. We're walking through the acronym on the word SWORD. Stand with me here. Those who are taking notes, we're on R. Respond with the word. Ooh. You mean that I have to respond and speak as the word speaks when we're talking to one another? Yeah. Yeah. Now, look, you don't have to memorize the whole Bible, and then the only words that you ever say, you know, are Scripture words, because that would be weird. That would actually be awkward. You know, you're trying to have a conversation with someone, and all they do is quote Scripture at you. Like, what are you talking about? But here's what the Bible says. The Bible says that how do we speak to each other? How do we respond to others? We are to encourage one another. Ephesians 5 says this, Ephesians 5, 19... So says speaking to one another in psalms, in hymns, and spiritual songs. Where do all these come from? The Word. They're either in the Word or they're coming from the Word. Singing and making a melody in our heart to the Lord. We need to speak what? The truth in love. So technically, the Word of God is something we respond with when we're talking with each other for edification, for exhortation. Because I can tell you something. Anytime you say anything that has any basis of truth in it at all, guess where it came from? You didn't make up some kind of great, amazing, magical truth. You may think you did. You may think you have the answer. People, the world thinks they have the answer and the truth, but they don't. And when we speak according to the word of God, we are actually speaking truth. I always, a preacher had said this, and sometimes, I, I mean, not sometimes, I do, I believe it's true. The best words that I've ever said on this stage are when I'm reading the scripture. Those are the best words. Those are the best ones because they're God breathed, they're Holy Spirit inspired. Yes, you can be an inspired preacher, praise God for the anointing to do that, but any truth that I say that's not from, a, like, quoting a scripture is because of the word. In response to each other, in response. The word word says that life and death are in the power of the tongue. So, our response to somebody else has a chance to either bring life to the situation or to bring death to the situation. The word of God spoken into a situation brings life. How do we respond? With the word of God. And when we use our carnal fleshly minds only, we bring death to the situation. Life and death in the power of our tongue. Respond with the word. The last one, D. The last one, D, is to divide with the word. A sword, when it's sharp... As the word of God is, it actually is used to divide, to pierce. And here's, let me read a scripture out of Hebrews 4. I'd never seen this before except in studying it this week. Hebrews 4, starting in verse 11. The title of this kind of, this passage of scripture, you know they have sometimes titles, says, The word discovers our condition. Oh! The word discovers our condition. Our condition. So now we're not fighting some battle. We're not slicing up an enemy here. We're not standing on the word. We're not anointing with the word or ordaining with it. We're not responding with it. Now the word is actually. Whoo. Actually, this thing collapses. That'd be fun. Right? The word is actually getting into us and dividing and seeing what it's exposing us. It's exposing us. So many times you read the word, you're just like, oh. But that's its job. That's what it does. That's what a sword does. It actually exposes something. But here's what I've never seen before. I've seen that before, but here's what I've never seen before. Verse 11. Let us therefore be diligent... To enter that rest. That's the beginning of this section. Of the word discovers our condition. It says let us be diligent to enter the rest. This tells me that the only way we actually get to rest. Is to allow the Lord to discover. And the word to discover. What's actually going on in the inside of us. Because you can rest all day and lay on the couch. But internally, you could be turning and boiling and changing. I mean, you you guys know that, right? The Sunday afternoon nap, you wake up more agitated than you did when you went to take the nap. It's because you can't get to rest until we search and we look on the inside and say, Lord, why am I not able to rest? What is it on the inside of me that I'm believing, the lie that I have, the thing that I'm just standing on that is not your word, not your truth? And then we can begin to enter into his rest. Never seen that before. So it goes on. It says, Let us therefore be diligent to enter that rest lest anyone fall according to the same example of disobedience. For the word of God is living and powerful and sharper, sharper than any so, whatever sharpness you can get it to in the physical realm, the word of God is sharper than that. Sharper than any two edged sword, piercing even to the division of soul and spirit, and the joints, and the marrow. And look, at it's the discerner of the thoughts and the intents of the heart. You want to enter into God's rest, enter into his word, and let it begin to divide and discern and seek and get on the inside and really begin to show you the things that you are believing that are not his truth. Sharper than a two-edged sword. It's splitting. Look at that. Discerning of our thoughts and the intents of our heart. Back to Proverbs 4. Get the word in your eyes, in your ears, and where do you keep it? In your heart. So the more you get the word of God in your heart, the more you can actually begin to enter into God's rest. Now there's other ways we can enter into God's rest and being yoked with Jesus and all these other things that we can go do to help get our rest. What I'm telling you is if Jesus is the word and the word became flesh, how better can we begin to enter into rest than to use the word of God to, to pierce us to say, why am I not able to rest? Why am I anxious over this situation? What is it that I'm believing? And the only way to do that is through the word of God. Amen? Amen. Worship team, you want to come back up or Sid? Just Sid is fine. And when we do that, when we when we pierce, when the when the word pierces us, it's for our own good. God already knows. Right? God already knows why you're unable to enter rest or what you're struggling with or the challenges. And when we read the word of God, it is the word that begins to penetrate and reveal to us, not revealing to God, revealing to us what's going on in our hearts. The last scripture, I'll leave you with this. I don't know if I have this one up here or not. 2 Samuel 23, verse 10. I don't believe I have it up, but listen to this. This is talking about there are men... In battle. It's the time of David. And verse 10 says, He arose, he arose and he attacked the Philistines until his hand was weary and his hand stuck to the sword. Come on, church. Sometimes we are weary. Sometimes the battle seems longer than it should be. Sometimes you say, Well, I've been speaking the word of God of the situation, and it seems like it hasn't changed yet. This scripture is to encourage you that says, And his hand stuck to the sword. Stuck to it. When something's stuck, it doesn't come off easily. You're holding on to that sword. To plant it in the ground, to stand up, to stand firm to fight your battles to use as an even as a defensive mechanism then also to see what's going on inside our hearts and the very next part of that verse says the lord brought about a great victory that day the great victory happened because he didn't lay down the sword He didn't give up. He didn't give up. Don't give up, church. Don't give up. Continue to move forward in the Word. Continue to open that Word. Get into a devotional. Read one scripture. Whatever it is, get into the Word because when your hand is stuck to the sword, to the Word, the Lord brought about a great victory that day. Bow your heads and close your eyes this morning. Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you that we can have your word as a sword, as a tool, as a weapon, as a mirror for our lives. Father, I pray that as we enter this week of Christmas, that we would remember that you are the word and you became flesh, Jesus, and you walked among us, that when we get into your word, we're actually spending time with you and we're abiding with you, so Lord, help us to remember that we can stand firm on your word, Holy Spirit, remind us to wield the word with power in every circumstance. Lord, that we may use the word to ordain and to equip us to do the work that you have before us. Lord, that we would use the word to respond to others with. In love, your truth. And Lord, that we would be open to allow it to divide, not external division, but internally those things in which we are holding on to that are not of you, that will expose the lies and reveal the truth, for the truth will set us free. But Father, we thank you for it today. With every head bowed and everyone's eyes still closed, if you're here this morning and you've never received the wonderful gift of what Christmas is all about, the gift of Jesus, salvation, redemption, eternity with him, if you've never done that, and you want to this morning, I just encourage you to slip your hand up today. No one's looking around. Everyone's eyes are closed. If you feel a tugging on your heart today and saying, that's me, Pastor Jason. I want to start a relationship with God today. We can do that. Okay, you guys can look up here. We've got some prayer teams that are going to come up here. They'll be able to pray with you right immediately after service here. If you've got a physical need, spiritual need, relational need, emotional need, these teams will pray with you. They will use the Word of God in your situation. They will speak the truth of the Word of God in your situation. Don't forget, Christmas Eve, 6 p.m., right here. Invite somebody. Fill a place up on Friday night. Can we fill this place up Friday night? Let me read this benediction over you. Just receive this. May you be filled with the wonder of Mary, the obedience of Joseph, the joy of the angels, the eagerness of the shepherds, the determination of the magi, and the peace of the Christ child. Almighty God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, bless us now. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. And amen. Go forth, have a wonderful week, and we'll see you on Friday night.